0: um, Some of you are into watching podcasts, uh, listening to podcasts, uh, and one that I I really like listening to just every now now and again. It's called The Pastor's Heart. Probably not your cup of tea. Uh, Anyway, in it, Dominic Steele, he he talks with various Christian leaders on, on all sorts of different topics that they tend to be expert in, but he also, he asks them about their heart. Uh, hence the name, the, the pastor's heart. He, he asks them, you know, what's God doing with you? And, and to be honest, I reckon he could spend a lot more time on their heart than the various uh, topics that they talk about. But this afternoon, I just wonder, what, what about your heart? Uh, what's, what's going on for you? Uh, what are your hopes and dreams? Uh, what are your... Uh, Your concerns, your worries. Um, And and I wonder actually if you might just close your eyes for a moment. We don't normally do this. Uh, But if you feel comfortable, just close your eyes uh, to reflect. Uh, Hopes and dreams, concerns and worries. And if you're anything like me, it's the concerns and worries that flood in first. So let's start there. What would you find unbearable? something that you think emotionally that would just be too much, I could not possibly cope. What would you find unbearable? Uh, it could be anything, the, the death of a loved one, the loss of uh, reputation among those you like to impress, uh, something with your children or your own health. What would you find unbearable? That, that's the negative. What about the positive hopes and dreams? What would cause you great joy? I'd be stoked if if the house was paid off in so many years, if uh, I could get the career I so desire, or that life partner, or what, what would cause you great joy? You can open your eyes if you haven't already. I noticed some of you were starting to feel awkward and you'd opened your eyes. It's, I, I, hopefully you had enough time to reflect in some way, but they're, two, they're emotional extremes, those two, aren't they? Uh, unbearable and great joy. And I wonder if you noticed as that Bible passage was being read to us, Paul, Silas and Timothy, the writers of of 1 Thessalonians, it's team written, this letter, their lives, they're really quite bound up with the lives of these Thessalonians, these new Christians that they write to. Uh, You couldn't accuse the Apostle Paul here of being clinical or heartless. Uh, In fact, if he was to go to his psychologist, the psychologist might say, Uh, Apostle Paul, you might want to work on a little bit of differentiation here, mate. The language is extremely emotive. Did you notice this? And those emotional extremes for Paul and the others, they're related to how the Thessalonians are going in the faith. Now, just look again, verse 17 to 20. We just read it, but I'll read it again. We read, but brothers and sisters, when we were orphaned by being separated from you for a short time in person, not in thought, out of our intense longing, we made every effort to see you. For we wanted to come to you, certainly I, Paul, did again and again, but Satan blocked our way. And verse 19 and 24, what is our Hope, our joy or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes? Is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and joy. You just reflect for a moment. If, if this letter was directly addressed to you and you were wondering, do they really care about me? Well, this clears things up, doesn't it? Paul and the others smuggled away at night from Thessalonica as those jealous Jews were causing so much trouble, we know from Acts 17. Paul describes that situation like being orphaned, a child losing their parents. Or the Greek word behind that can go the other way, like a parent losing their child, such is the magnitude of the emotional situation. Torn away, the ESV translates it. And we read, don't we, he longs to visit them, but Satan blocks the way. We're not given details on, on how that worked out. And in verses 19 and 20, our writers They speak of that final day when Jesus returns. You you notice this? What What will be our hope and joy and crown on that final day? Not our share portfolio or our career success. No, it's you, Thessalonians. You are our glory and joy. You are our pride and joy, we could say. That's a big thing. It's not like they spent a lot of time Thessalonica so what why is this connection so strong between well at least from Paul Silas and and Timothy's side was it just you know the personalities that clicked when we were in Thessalonica you know we we just hit it off Uh, why would Paul be so affected by these people well I put it to you because Christian service is profoundly personal. We read that verse last week, if you were here, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8. We should all memorize it. Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Christian ministry, Christian service is profoundly personal. We impact... One another. That can be hard, unbearable. That can be wonderful, great joy. We see in the first five verses of chapter three, do you notice Timothy, he's sent verse two and three to, to strengthen and encourage the Thessalonians in the faith. The concern is that they they wouldn't, these new believers wouldn't be unsettled by the trials they were facing. And we observe, don't we, that the concern is not the reality of the trials. The trials are a given, as Paul says in 2 Timothy, that anyone who wants to live a godly life will be persecuted. The concern is not the reality of the trials, but the impact of them. And I think of you know, the parable of the sower, where, where Jesus talks about the different responses to God's word. And one of those responses we read in Mark chapter four, verse seventeen, when when trouble and persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. From a distance, you imagine Paul, Silas, and Timothy. They worry. How are the Thessalonians going? Are they they pressing on in the faith? Timothy returns from his visit and and he reports that they are. He brings good news. And so we read in verse 7, Therefore, brothers and sisters, in all our distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you because of your faith. See the focus of this relationship is their shared faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. This is what Paul, Silas and Timothy care about, their concerns, their worries, their hopes and dreams. And they care so much that we read in verse 8. Do you find this striking? Verse 8, for now we really live since you are standing firm in the Lord. What a thing to say about someone else's trust in Jesus. A key aspect of Christian service, a key aspect to the Christian life, pouring out your life that others might know Jesus, be growing in him and inviting others to do the same. And what a joy this is when it's actually happening verse 9 says how can we thank god enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our god because of you when someone comes to faith and presses on in the faith the gospel was was ringing out from these thessalonians what a joy we're stoked we're stoked says paul silas and timothy I remember visiting a friend in Kununurra, you know, uh, north-western Australia, and it was the tail end of the wet season. Uh, He took us on this walk through through the bush and to these really secluded uh, swimming pools. We we were jumping off rocks into these swimming holes, showering ourselves under waterfalls. The sun was out and and then all of a sudden it would pour with rain and then the sun was out. It it was just a a wonderful experience. And and as we were going back along the bush track, uh, back to his house... It started pouring with rain again. And I remember thinking, this is living. The experience was just such a joy. Paul, Silas and Timothy, they say to these believers in Thessalonica, for now we really live. This is living since you are standing firm in the Lord. Can we feel the same way about each other? Is it appropriate to feel this way about those we're trying to reach with the good news of Jesus, with such a a love and a concern? I wonder when you were reflecting on, on your hopes and dreams at the start, Uh, your concerns and and your worries. What what were you thinking about? Uh, Were you thinking short-term or or long-term, short-term, this life, I I guess, long-term, the life to come? There's a joke. um, I don't know if you've heard this. There's a a bloke turns up at heaven's gates, you know, the pearly, and the, the angel or whatever is there notices this guy's got a bag with him. And the angel says, oh, look, sorry, mate, you, you know, this is heaven. You can't bring stuff in. Um, and, he, and the man says, no, it's, it's all good. I've got an exemption. Um, I, I'm allowed to bring it in. And so the angel says, well, okay, I'll just go and check and we'll check things out. And he comes back and says, you're right, it's all good. You've got an exemption. Just out of interest, though, says the angel, wh- what's in the bag? And the bloke says, well... It's my treasure, at least, you know, some of it. I was, I was allowed to bring a bag. Uh, and the angel says, well, can I have a look? And the man opens up the bag and the angel looks in and uh, he has all these bars of gold stacked into this bag. And the angel says, why did you bring pavement with you? It's good. I think that's funny. It's good, isn't it? Um, could our hopes and dreams, our concerns and our worries at times be as ridiculous as that? You see how the future is to shape the present. Uh, This happens for Paul, Silas and and Timothy. Back at the beginning of that reading, chapter 2, verse 19 and 20, for what is our hope, our joy or our crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes? Is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and joy. It's a beautiful picture, isn't it, of that final day when Jesus returns that the second coming of Jesus here they are says Paul Silas and Timothy here is my treasure people coming to Christ people standing firm in Christ people growing in in him here's my life's investment people the believers in Thessalonica we dared tell them the gospel in the face of strong opposition. Loving people and, and pointing them to Jesus, the present shaped by that future reality. I was talking to one of my nephews, that, they live in Canberra a while ago, about our fears. This was not a serious conversation. Uh, spiders, you know, what are you, what are you scared of? Uh, I, I said to him, well, what's your dad's greatest fear?" His dad's a pretty strong guy. Um, and without a moment's hesitation, he said, Dad's greatest fear is if we, as in the kids, don't trust in Jesus. His concern, also his joy when they do. And it is an, an emotional roller coaster. I remember, did you notice there's a cow in the back corner when you came in? That was a nice surprise, wasn't it? I I remember my grandma telling me, uh, uh, he loves cows, your dad does. Uh, Dad's job was advising dairy farmers on on how to, you know, look after their cows. He loves cows, your dad does, uh, said grandma, but not as much as those scripture kids. the second coming of Jesus, the scriptures are in New South Wales. The, the second coming of Jesus gives us a, a different framework, doesn't it, for understanding this life, our hopes and dreams, our concerns and, and worries. The second coming of Jesus is even to impact and transform our worries, our anxieties and our joys. And see Paul's model for us at the end of this, this section. As we may struggle with the emotional ups and downs, concern for the faith of those around us or lack thereof, we're, we're not driven to despair but notice to prayer. And there's four things, verse 9. Paul thanks God for the Thessalonians. And you may not know this, uh, but I thank God for all of you Uh, And we may feel a bit awkward in conversation from time to time, but but I thank God for you. It's such a privilege, isn't it, to be a part of God's family with you. We thank God for God's people, don't we? What what a gift. And then verse 10, he prays that he, he might see them again and supply what's lacking in their faith. Now, I reckon that's an interesting thought, that we might think about each other in that way, a prayerful desire to supply what is lacking in each other's faith. As you walk up the path on a Sunday afternoon, that I might be an encouragement to my fellow believer in their faith. As I thank God for this person or that person during the week, how might I be an encouragement to them in the faith? And we have to be committed to one another for that to happen. We have to actually care about one another, don't we? And before you think, well, actually, this people stuff, this caring about others, it's not for me. You know, people I can do without them. Uh See verse 12, Paul's prayer for the Thessalonians. He says, may the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else just as ours does for you. And so this way of thinking is not just for for Paul, Silas and Timothy. It's not just the pastor's heart, though it should be that way but it's for all of us who trust in jesus and finally as paul began this section you noticed with the coming of the lord jesus he ends on the same note verse 13 may he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our god and father when our lord jesus comes With all his holy ones. What a great thing for us to be praying for each other, our our hopes and dreams, our concerns and worries with a longer term perspective, all shaped by the reality of the Lord Jesus' return. And I reckon, well, look, one point of application uh, from this this afternoon could be to take this passage away. And just pray through it. Chapter 3, verse 9 to 13. Thanking God for each other. Asking God that we might be helpful in the growth of each other's faith. Praying that our love might increase for each other and for everyone else. And that the Lord might strengthen our hearts for that final day when Jesus returns. How's your heart going? Uh, What's God doing with you? That's to be our concern for one another as we together wait for Jesus' return. How about we pray? Uh, Heavenly Father, uh, we want to thank you for this emotional passage, for the heart of Paul, Silas and Timothy, for those those young believers in Thessalonica. Uh, Lord, as as we see their care for those new believers, um, at least I'm struck, Lord, by how much they cared. And so, Lord, we pray that you would forgive us for not thinking of each other with such care. Lord, we want to recognize that it is a wonderful privilege that when we trust in Jesus, you bring us into a family, the family of God, that that you give us brothers and sisters in Christ. And we want to praise you for each other. Lord, we praise you for all of the different personalities, the different gifts, the different backgrounds, different ages and stages. Lord, we, we thank you so much for each one. And mighty God, we pray that you would use each one to be building the faith of each other, that together we might be encouraging each other and supplying what is lacking. And Lord, as we recognise that we, we don't care about each other as much as we should, we pray that you would do a number on us and that you would help us care profoundly for each other, that it might feel like a burden sometimes and a joy at other times. And we pray too you would be strengthening our hearts that we might be standing firm in Jesus for his return. Lord God, we praise you for the nature of Christian ministry and we pray that you would help us love each other and everyone else but only as we know your love only as we rest in the wonder of Jesus who died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sin while we were still your enemies. Lord, we thank you for him and we pray that you would shape us as individuals and as a community by your word and spirit for your glory. Amen.